Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about history? If so, then try my podcast, Calm History. You'll learn all about famous explorers, inventions, civilizations, ancient wonders, and even the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to calmhistory.com. Hello and welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm Nikki Eisenhower, your host, life coach, and psychotherapist. And on today's episode, we are discussing fatigue, losing our mojo, and finding it. being a teenager and seeing that some celebrity, I don't remember who it was, but some celebrity went to treatment for fatigue. And I thought, what a load of crap. (laughs) As I've gotten older, I've had to face within myself that fatigue is real. And I've seen the effects of fatigue in almost every HSP I've ever met. There's this weird thing happening in society right now where it's almost cool, like it is in fashion that we are exhausted and fatigued, almost like we're trying to win some kind of fatigue race. There are no winners when it comes to working ourselves to the bone, burning the candle at both ends, not getting enough sleep, not getting enough quiet still time. So a lot of people show up to work with a life coach because they've lost their mojo. They don't feel motivated. And I think what's happening is there's this real disconnect between how tired we are and where our mojo has gone. People seem to talk about these things as if they're very separate. So I want to offer maybe a new facet of discussion on fatigue. When you go to school to be a counselor, a lot of the talk is about compassion fatigue. So this idea of fatigue has developed for me from this place of compassion fatigue. We all know compassion fatigue. We've all had that emotional vampire friend who kind of sucks us dry. That is a feeling of compassion fatigue when someone is constantly in crisis, particularly crisis of their own making. As friends, as supports, as family members, we start to feel almost like a resentment about having to access more compassion. Another way to feel compassion fatigue is feeling a flatness or a numbness, almost like I felt so much that I can no longer feel. A lot of us are having what I might call a crisis fatigue. 
we can only see so many murders and so many kidnappings and so many shootings before we experience a certain kind of numbness. Our emotions are a lot like our hands. You know, if, if I get a shovel out and I do a lot of shoveling, my hands are going to get some calluses. That's protective. Those calluses build up where my hand is being pushed, where my skin is being pressed. Those calluses develop to help me be a better digger with the shovel. Now, emotionally, the same thing happens, maybe to our hearts, to our feelings, to our consciousness. That's why being bombarded with negative news makes us feel calloused. We don't feel as empathetic as we truly are, even though we may want to be. Many sensitive people are confused by this. They show up instead of saying, what's wrong with the world that so much is going on that I feel calloused to things? We don't show up that way because we're super responsible as HSPs. We generally show up holding the responsibility of that within ourselves and on top of ourselves. What's wrong with me that I feel numb to what's happening in the world? What's wrong with me that I didn't have much of a reaction to this last mass shooting? What's wrong with me? That can seem like not too dangerous of a thought, but that's the kind of thought that erodes away at our self-esteem and our self-worth. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? It's a way that we can participate in depleting ourselves and fatiguing ourselves even further. Some of us just kind of have a bullshit fatigue. We're tired of being promised things by bosses and companies that merge and promise for things to be better. And then they're not. They're the same or they're worse. Maybe with our own addictions or if we've ever been with someone, a partner who has an addiction or an adult child that has an addiction. You know, we get tired of broken promises and manipulations. And we all learn about this type of fatigue when we're little kids. Who doesn't know the story of the little boy who cried wolf? Right? He kept lying and he kept lying and he kept lying. And then when the wolf finally got him and he cried wolf again, everybody blew him off. They had a sort of crisis fatigue with him. They didn't want to hear it anymore. I think individually and collectively, we are having what I might call a falling down Michael Douglas type of fatigue. Now, that is a very dark movie. I believe it was from the 80s or the early 90s. And the famous scene that sticks out in my head is that he goes into a place that's like a fast food chain. And it's like two minutes past when he can get breakfast. And he snaps and he takes out his frustration on everyone in that building. I've just recently gone through a milestone, a huge dream. Tomorrow I'm going to sign on my forever home. That's something that emotionally for me is huge. I'm feeling the tears come up as I'm talking about it. It's a lifelong dream that offers me stability and consistency and hitting a level of adulting that I've been wanting to hit for a long time. The amount of paperwork and the being treated not like a person beneath the paperwork 
was exhausting for me. Well over a hundred emails back and forth. It's draining. Each one is like a little bitty chip away at, at my joy. There's a fatigue of paperwork and the minutia and the more and more and more and being treated like an object instead of a person with feelings by systems like banking, customer service, even showing up at the fast food place like in Falling Down with Michael Douglas and just being two minutes late. This sort of societal feeling of always being a day late and a dollar short. It's a certain kind of fatigue that's wearing on all of us. If we've had a lot of people betray us, we may be experiencing a trust fatigue. I remember sobbing to a good friend of mine years ago after what felt like an amount of betrayal that I didn't know how I would get past. And I sobbed to her and I said, how will I ever trust anyone ever again? And she said, you will because you have to. And you will. And she was right. But I was terrified at the time and exhausted by the hurt and the feelings of trusting and then being betrayed. And it's natural to want to withdraw and pull within and hide and not risk it anymore, not risk our energy or our trust or our love or our respect. We're having a political fatigue at a time when politics is important. That's why fatigue is dangerous. It's sneaky. Some of us are having starting over fatigue. Another element of me moving into my forever home is that this will be the fifth move for me in exactly four years. There's a certain fatigue that I have to drag myself through to start to put stuff in boxes again. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about pivotal moments in history? If so then try my new podcast, Calm History. It's a time machine of tranquility filled with immersive and fascinating stories from history. Prior episodes include The Pilgrims, Marco Polo, Henry Ford, Joan of Arc, Jackie Robinson, Klondike Gold Rush, Ancient Greek Olympics, Easter Island, and the Great Pyramid of Giza. There's also a six-part series about the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to calmhistory.com. So what do we do with this when we're feeling fatigued? What do we do with this when we're drained and we're depleted and life is calling us that we have to pack up our homes or we have to look another person in the eyes and risk trusting again? When we have to practice resiliency to be able to move forward and continue? What we practice is a path of self-care. We commit to taking care of ourselves within the fatigue. Our self-care practices build into a sort of resiliency road. We face the truth that we are fatigued instead of continuing to try to run away from the fatigue and ignore it 
Like maybe if I just don't look at it or acknowledge it, maybe it'll just go away on its own. Fatigue is different than tired, y'all. Some of you really put the expectation on yourselves. After an incredibly exhausting physically and emotional time in your lives, you expect to have one or two good nights sleep and just spring back and are surprised and kind of beat down when a night or two of rest doesn't do it for you. This is fatigue. So we want to acknowledge I am fatigued. It's not a weakness. It's an acknowledgement that we are not endlessly strong and we can't just take things and take things and take things that resting and restoring is necessary. We want to learn to process the world in ways that suck less empathy, that suck less energy, and that restore us from emotional hangovers to ready to take charge of our days, our moments, our lives, and ultimately our world and the bigger world. Each present moment invites all of us to choose to rest or to push through. It's like driving a car. You're going to have to push the brake and the gas a lot and at different times. And sometimes you're going to hit the gas and you're going to ride on the highway for hours 70, 75 miles an hour. And other times it's going to be stop, go, stop, go, stop, go in traffic. Meeting yourself in each present moment helps you understand and then implement. Is this a moment when I need to press the gas? Is this a moment when I need to tap the brakes? That's how we get to these emotional destinations. Our internal emotional work and these external goals like me with a home, whatever goals you were trying to hit in your life. Let's give some language to it. One of the most powerful mantras we can hold on to and possibly one of the hardest for highly sensitive people is I have enough time. This is a hard one for me because everything in me wants to fight that it feels like there's not enough time. But the more that I go into the fear and the limiting belief that there is not enough time, the more I prove that right. And that is just a negativity swirl down the toilet. When I can sit with and chant and remind myself and vibrate highly on, I have enough time. I can do one thing at a time. This is when we start to pull ourselves out of this fatigue hole and we energize while balancing the rest. When we are fatigued, I encourage you to make mental health the number one priority. That balancing rest and action is different than fighting the self while you're resting. That's not rest. It is not restful to kick your own ass about how lazy you are while you're resting. That's not rest. That will just make you more fatigued. So we want to practice resting with a clarity and a pureness that honors resting. And when we want to shift into action, we don't want to try to rest while we're in action. We want permission to sort of let the horse out of the gate and run. However you support yourself when you are in fatigue, if you sit and cry, if you say, I'm too tired to even understand why I'm crying, but I'm sitting here crying, that is a successful moment to let it out, to release, to rest to restore, and then to push. 
And just like driving the car, to do it again with permission to break and to accelerate as you need. Attending to fatigue is often the roadmap that helps us back to finding our lost mojo. I've never met anybody that couldn't find a lost mojo if they attended to the fatigue. So HSPs, I challenge you to give yourself the message if you have lost your mojo to just let yourself know it's findable, it's there, and I will nurture my way to it. If this episode or any other episodes that you've listened to have moved you, have resonated, we ask that you please share the show. Y'all are our marketing team. Helping other people find this show is helping more and more people figure out that they are highly sensitive. When you share the show, you help other people learn that their trauma is healable, that their struggles are shared, that they are unalone. I know a lot of the things that I say and a lot of the topics are not always easy things to hear. I hope part of what I am modeling in every single episode is that love and light is not always, yes, it's not always easy. It's not always gentle. We embody wellness and soul care when we face what's hard to face. So thank you to those of you who have bravely shared episodes. Those of you who are walking around bravely wearing shirts with the name of this show on it. Thank you for showing the world that HSPs are strong and that we don't have to apologize for our emotionality anymore. You can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Stitcher, and now on Pandora. You can also share us directly from our website at emotionalbadass.com. Light and love and thank you. I will see you next time. Take care of yourselves. I'm an emotional badass. You're an emotional badass. And together we are where Moxie meets mindful. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about history? If so, then try my podcast, Calm History. You'll learn all about famous explorers, inventions, civilizations, ancient wonders, and even the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to Calm History dot com.